Welcome to The Truth About Taxes and Retirement. This podcast is brought to you by SavingYouTaxes.com and hosted by J. Barry Watts. As an advanced tax strategist and enrolled agent federally licensed by the IRS, Barry is uniquely qualified to go deeper into the Internal Revenue Code than most accountants. He understands and interprets its provisions explaining how they'll help you reduce income taxes you owe so you can direct that previously wasted tax money into tax-free accounts that you can enjoy in your retirement years. Now, on today's episode... Hello, I'm Barry Watts, the host of The Truth About Taxes and Retirement, the show that helps people demystify the otherwise complex issues surrounding taxes, investing, retiring, healthcare, social security, pensions, and so forth. Joining me in the conversation today is my co-host and producer, Patrice Sikora. She's an announcer, a semi-retired person herself, so she's very interested in the topic we're going to discuss on today's show. Patrice, welcome to the show. Well, don't waste any time because I really want to make sure that I'm set up properly here. Well, we're going to make it happen. When I began preparing this show, Patrice, I always like to think about a client. What would I say if I were just sitting across the table talking with him? And this morning, the client that I thought of that came to mind is a longtime listener, Carl Mitri, who lives in Orchard Park, New York, right outside. Hey, Carl. Hey, Carl. Hey, Carl. We're, we're glad you're listening. We appreciate you. Carl tells me that he has listened to every episode of our show. Now that uh, and as he listened, say that. That is a fan. Mm-hmm. That, that is a fan. He gets the number one fan award today. We appreciate you, Carl. Uh, as he listened, he heard his story being played out in our discussions. And finally, he picked up the phone and he called me and he said, okay, I'm ready to retire. Help me figure this out. So here's this guy who works for the University of Buffalo, who lives 952 miles from my office in Springfield, Missouri, yet we were able to meet face-to-face electronically, just like we were in the same room. And we were able to help him disentangle the confusing web of issues surrounding retirement so that he could see clearly the things that he needed to do, the decisions he needed to make, the steps he needed to take to get himself up the exit ramp to retirement. Mm -hmm. Tracy, One of those issues that we helped Carl with was one of the most confusing government programs called Medicare. May I say one thing here before you you may go right ahead? Yeah. When I needed to choose a Medicare program, Uh I spoke to a number of different people. Uh It is so confusing. There were so many plans. And then I said, oh, that plan looks good. And they said, oh, well, that plan doesn't exist anymore. They're discontinuing that plan. So please go on. But it is confusing you do know you just gave up your age yeah yeah okay okay well i just i just want to point that out because i was hesitant to say that you were on medicare oh oh yeah yeah yeah. if i had permission to give up your age there but but you brought up the really good point first of all when you're ready to retire healthcare is a big issue because everybody's focusing on making sure that they've got their coverage in place so they can move forward. And, and for most people, that means moving forward with Medicare. There are a few people who are not covered by Medicare. For example, if you're retired from the military, you may be covered by what's called TRICARE. Mm-hmm. And thank you very much for your service, by the way, if you are one of the people who's defended our country. But for most folks, it's Medicare. And it is so freaking complex, as you have pointed out, Patrice. And so what I thought we would do is unpack it from 30,000 feet. Now, the reason I say 30,000 feet is because like any government program, or I should say any program the government's involved in, Medicare is not simple and straightforward. It no, was built no, by the no. government. It's no, a monster. 
Mm-hmm. And so there are differences from person to person in how Medicare rules apply. We were talking before the show went live here uh, about the fact that different states, you're located in New Jersey, I'm in Missouri, different states that may have different mm-hmm. plans in different regions of the country. And so how two different people may qualify for and what they may qualify for are distinct. And so we can't answer specific questions because that requires us to go really deep into specific situations, but we can do that one-on-one. So if you find yourself having specific questions, well, all you need to do is call us and we'll be happy to talk about your specific situation. And there is a way you do that, by the way. You just pick up the phone and you dial one four one seven. 882-1726. That's 417-882-1726. And you say, hey, I listened to Barry's podcast on Medicare and I want to talk to him and we'll be happy to schedule a time to visit and talk about your specific situation. But for purposes of this conversation today, we're going to do a high level flyover so we can just kind of get a stable understanding of Medicare from 30,000 feet. So the first big thing about Medicare, Patrice, is that it is a government-funded healthcare program for people who are over the age of 65 or for people who are disabled. Government-funded. Keep that in mind because there is more funding coming from you. Yeah, yeah. That, we're going to talk about that, what mm. that really means here in just a moment. So, so, so when you're 65, most people qualify for Medicare. And, and the rule generally is this. If you qualify for Social Security, you qualify for Medicare at age 65 even if they haven't signed up yet to start receiving their social security. So if you're delaying social security to 70, well, you still need to get your Medicare in place at age 65. Now, a lot of people, as you pointed out, Patrice, think that Medicare is government funded and therefore um, it's free government health care. Uh, 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 um, <laughs> well, you know, we say Medicare is government funded. First of all, that's a lie. Um, and here's why. You paid into Medicare all those years through payroll deduction. That's like saying Social Security is government funded. Well, what balderdash that is. No, it's your money being handed back to you. The government just managed the program. So it's really government insurance. And, you know, we don't tend to like insurance companies, but you sure don't want the government being your insurance company. But for everybody who's over 65, congratulations. The government is your insurance company. Now, once you enroll in Medicare, you're charged every month, and you typically will see this premium amount withheld from your Social Security check. Patrice, uh, you get a Social Security check. Well, I don't know if mm-hmm. you're drawing yet. I do. Are you drawing? I do. Okay. So, so do I wait, you- here's another clue to my age. I waited until the last minute, and yes, now I'm getting it. <laughs> I didn't know you were over 70. Yeah. Oh, well, see, look, That's it's amazing right. the things we learned. Don't look a day over 59. Oh, you are so good. I am good, Arne. Wasn't that smooth? <laughs> so, <laughs> so you probably notice on your Social Security check a uh, a withholding amount to cover your Medicare premium. Does yes. that come in on yours? Yes. Okay. Very good. So the amount that you pay for your premium, interest, interestingly enough, is based on your income that you report on your tax return. So the more you earn, the more you pay for Medicare. And that amount can range from uh, a couple of hundred dollars to several hundred dollars per month. And so here's what Medicare does. They look back at your income from two years ago. And this confuses people because they may have had a spike in their income a couple of years back, long enough ago they've forgotten about it. And then suddenly today they have a spike in their Medicare premiums. And they say, what's this about? Well, it's because Medicare is always two years behind in looking at what your numbers are. Surprise, surprise. Behind. Yeah, it's another government deal. Yeah. Folks, you need to get this on your mind. Anytime the government's involved, there's a pretty good chance it's going to be messed up. 
And, and Medicare is one of those things, but you know, we live with it. It's what we've got. It's what we have to work with. So our job is to just help you understand it, navigate it, and make the best decisions that we possibly can. Now, I mentioned to you how your income spikes two years ago can drive up the price of your Medicare today. Just coincidentally, we should also mention that that's one of the things we have to keep in mind when we're doing tax planning and when we're integrating Roth IRAs into your retirement plans, because those conversions that you do today may affect your Medicare premiums two years from now. And so this is one of the reasons to get your conversions done in your late 50s, early 60s, or even earlier than that would be okay, before you get to Medicare so that the conversion amounts showing as income on your tax return don't cause your Medicare costs to be higher. And one other point too, make sure you file for Medicare it is, right? Because if you miss the date, if you miss your 65th birthday, you get hit with a premium later on when you try to claim. Yes, that's correct. There's a window There's a window of time to be doing that, and it's actually seven months. And that window of time, well, we'll talk about that uh, later on the show more specifically, but that window of time begins basically, take the month you turn 65. Now take the three months before that and take the three months after that. So we have the month you turn 65 plus three before, three after. There's seven total months there. And that's the window of time that you have to get registered, filed for Medicare, to get logged into the program, so to speak. And when you get on Medicare, it has two major parts. So Medicare covers two distinct parts. Now, the first one is called Part A. Isn't it wonderful how they did that Part A? <laughs> By the way, there are lots of parts to Medicare, but Part A covers hospital. Comes first. It's, the, it's just the hospital stuff. Yeah. So that you know, when you go to the hospital and you are um, uh, admitted. It's going to be paid by Part A. So that's inpatient care and skilled nursing care and hospice is even covered there and a little bit little bit of home care, but not very much. And then there's Part B. Now, those are all the expenses from your provider, your medical care provider, which used to be your doctor, but now it may be your um, physician assistant or the nurse practitioner, but it's all under the doctor's office. So Part B also covers some preventative health care and ambulance services and home medical equipment and things like that. So, so part A and part B cover hospital, cover doctors. Now, what's important is to know what Medicare doesn't cover. So, for example, when you go into the hospital today in 2023, Medicare does not cover the first $1,600 in costs. That's this year's number. It's called your deductible. And that deductible changes every year. So even though you're on, quote, free government health care, <laughs> you've <laughs> got to pay the first $1,600 when you go into the hospital. And then if you stay in the hospital more than 60 days, Medicare requires you to pay $400 per day. If you haven't done the math, that's $12,000 per month. And what's called coinsurance for the next 30 days. And if you have to stay longer than that, more than 90 days, then the coinsurance doubles to $24,000 for a month. Dandy. Just dandy. Well, so this can get to be a big deal Mm -hmm. and a a big problem really rapidly. One of the things that we need to fix And so that's what we have to be concerned about as we're thinking about getting hooked up for Medicare. And just coincidentally, by the way, I should mention to you, Medicare won't pay for things like vision and dental and hearing and cosmetic surgery. So if you decide you're going to have blepharoplasty, ooh, there's a big word. Say it again. I dare you. Blepharoplasty. (laughs) You know what that is? That's when you get old, kind of like I am, and your eyes begin to sag, your eyelids begin to sag over your eyes, and you need to go in and tack your eyelids up. So you look like you're awake. That's blepharoplasty. 
Well, that's cosmetic surgery. Actually, I'm wondering. I, I, I now I've, see, I've, I stepped in it. I, I went over here because actually that becomes a medical condition and not cosmetic at some point. So I'm guessing that they would play, pay for blepharoplasty now that I, I come to that. Go ahead. If, if the doctor could give a good enough reason for it, or I'm sure there are pictures involved and you can't yeah. see anymore if your eyelid is falling completely down to your chin, you know, you can't see. So therefore it's medical. Yeah. If you decide you just need a tummy tuck just because you want to look better in your bikini, they won't pay for that. So um, you might want to keep that in mind. I don't know about bikinis, <laughs> New Jersey's 70-year-old retirees, but if you're going to have a tummy tuck for your bikini, just keep that in mind. You're going to have to pay for that yourself, Patrice. Be happy in your body. Now, there you go. That's a good solution. When you go to the doctor, Medicare also won't pay for the first $226 of deductible, and that amount increases annually as well. And then 20% of whatever billing comes from the doctor, you're going to have to pay for that. That's not covered by Medicare. And then addition, things like chiropractic and weight loss, those are not covered by Medicare. So all of these are things that Medicare won't pay for, along with any medical coverage that you might get outside the United States. So if you're a person who travels very much, then you have to be aware of that. So the big question is this, how do you pay for what Medicare won't pay for? Yeah. Because there are all these expenses that Medicare won't cover. Well, that's where private insurance called Medigap comes in. Medigap, the gap between what Medicare pays and what you get charged. Now, Medigap policies are those established with private insurance companies to cover the gaps in Medicare. And these insurance companies, they're regulated by the government in terms of what coverage they must provide. So all Medigap policies must provide the same base type of coverage. Now, beyond that, they can add things if they want and provide more coverage for additional things, but the base amount of coverage in every Medigap policy is the same. And those pay for things like deductibles, and they pay for your co-pays, and they pay for 80% of any emergency care that you have outside the United States. And sometimes they include additional things like gym memberships or one massage a year or, you know, I don't know. what. But I got to look into the massage thing. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, that would be the important one to me. So the interesting thing is beyond the Medigap piece, then there's other private insurance you can get that'll pay for dental and vision and hearing expenses and things like that. So there are two ways that you get Medigap coverage. You either get it through a Medicare supplement policy or through what is called a Medicare Advantage policy. Let's unpack Medicare supplements and Medicare Advantage in order to understand the difference. Now, Medicare supplements require that you pay a monthly premium for coverage. And in exchange, most Medicare supplement policies will cover your deductibles, your co-pays, any of your excess charges. These policies all allow you to pick your own doctor and determine the treatment you receive from that doctor. And they can be used anywhere in the U.S. or even internationally if you have a medical emergency while you're traveling abroad. So they're portable. They go with you wherever you want to go. Now, let's compare the Medicare supplement to a Medicare Advantage policy. Medicare Advantage is actually a private insurance policy where Medicare has offloaded payment for your health care to a private insurance company. And instead of Medicare paying for it themselves, Medicare pays this private insurance company to cover all of your Medicare health care kinds of costs. So they've transferred the liability for your health care from the government over to the private insurance companies. Now, many, the, all these policies are, are significantly different. 
many of these policies don't charge any annual premium, and that's a good thing. That's why people like Medicare Advantage policies, because it feels free. You didn't have to pay anything for it. But often you're required to pay for deductibles or co-pays as you go along. So now think about this for a moment. The difference really between Medicare supplements and Medicare Advantage quickly becomes pay now or pay later. On a Medicare supplement, you mostly pay a set amount now and then you're covered. On a Medicare Advantage policy, you mostly pay as you go. Now, here's another big difference. Um, a Medicare supplement can be used anywhere in any geographical area of the United States. I know, Patrice, you mentioned before the show started that you've got a Medicare Advantage policy. Mm -hmm, I do. Does your Medicare Advantage policy uh, limit you uh, geographically uh, for traveling? Do you know? I really don't know. I, had, I do have to check into that. I do have the the whole network thing to deal with. You can't choose a provider out of network or you will be paying Additionally, well, and that's how they limit you. <laughs> it's not that they said you can't get care in Phoenix, Arizona. They said, no, you just have to get your care in your network, which your network would be in New Jersey. And so you're covered in that part of the world. And the problem is the healthcare system in New Jersey and the healthcare system in Boise or Phoenix or Denver, wherever it happens to be, is totally different. So your providers are not going to be listed mm -hmm. in your policy since you have a policy that is uh, specific to New Jersey. So that begins to tell you something you have to consider is, will I be doing any traveling? For example, are you a snowbird? Do you live a part of your year in your home area, but another part of the year in the warm weather, sunshine of the Gulf Coast? Well, in that case, your Medicare Advantage may not pay because the physicians are considered out of network. Now, here's a, a final thing to consider is that Medicare Advantage requires pre-approval. The insurance company is involved in deciding the treatments that your doctor is allowed to prescribe and have paid for by Medicare Advantage. And so you might have something come up where your doctor wants to do X and the insurance company says, eh, we don't really think so. We only want to uh, try Y first. And so there's this wrestling match between the doctor and between the Medicare Advantage. So you've got to decide which kind of policy is better for you, Medicare supplement or Medicare Advantage. I have a little bias personally. My personal bias is a little bit toward Medicare supplements because they're portable and travel is important to me. I want it to cover me wherever I go. And I don't want an extra layer of uh, technicality involved in deciding what doctor I get to see and don't get to see and what treatments I receive and don't get to receive. But here are the things that you really need to consider in deciding, am I going to get a Medicare Advantage or am I going to get a Medicare supplement? First of all, do you travel out of network or internationally? So if you travel, that can be an issue. Secondly, how often do you see your doctor? If you never go to the doctor, you're healthy as a horse. Occasionally, we run into somebody who's 92 and doesn't even take a pill. <laughs> well, it probably doesn't matter because you're not going to experience much cost either way. In fact, in that scenario, you might be better off with Medicare Advantage because, you know, it's kind of pay as you go. And if you aren't going, you're not having to pay. Hmm. Uh, a third a third thing is how, is important, how important is it for you to have control over which doctor you see? Maybe you have a preferred doctor who's not in any network and therefore not covered, and you have to give that doctor up. Uh, I hear people often talk about having to give up their doctor because that person wasn't covered in their network, and those are generally people who are in Medicare Advantage kind of programs. Uh, the next thing is, do you have cash to pay for copays and deductibles? Because those copays and deductibles can come up with Medicare Advantage, whereas with Medicare Supplement, it's a fixed amount at the beginning of the year, you know what you're going to pay. 
And then just finally, what's your general health status? Do you use healthcare or not so much? Because if you don't use it so much, then again, the Medicare Advantage might be the better solution. But uh, my preference and, and and lean is a little bit toward the Medicare supplement uh, because it just it gives you the price up front at the beginning of the year. You know what it is. You can travel with it, go where you want to do. You can pick your own doctor. I think those are, are valuable positions myself. But it's important for you to know your options so you can think about those things. So remember, we had part A and part B. We covered the hospital. We covered the doctor. Now, <laughs> when you go to the hospital and when you see the doctor, one of the things they do is they give you medicine. So we need to talk about part D. And wait, wait, D, wait, wait, well, wait. What happened to C? Oh, I don't know if you know the answer to this question. C is actually Medicare Advantage. Yes. So, so okay. So you so you knew that. So I, I have no idea how this was set up this way. I'm guessing. I'm guessing when they set it up, A and B, doctor or hospital, doctor. And then I'm guessing they just jumped over C to get to drug. <laughs> and then they came back. And when they said, well, hey, this Medicare Advantage thing's an idea. They said, well, what are we going to call it? Oh, well, we've still got C available. So I'm guessing it got inserted as C. I don't know. Maybe I'm thinking too logically. So Medicare Advantage is also called Part C. Now let's talk about Part D, drugs. Here's what you need to know. Medicare supplements require a separate Part D supplement to cover drugs. But some Medicare Advantage policies include the drugs in the policy. So that could be a potential benefit of a Medicare Advantage policy. Now, this is kind of an interesting thing. I don't know. Uh, Patricia, do you like donuts? Oh, yes. I love donuts. My favorite is Krispy Kreme. They're in the South. You don't have those up North. Wait, well, we do, no, we do now. We do now. Oh, do you? They made yeah. it up there, but, but, but in the North, it's all about Duncan, right? It's Duncan. Absolutely. Can I just tell you, can I just say this on, on worldwide? Oh, go right ahead. How much you love Duncan? Duncan donuts are crap. It's like, you why don't, don't you just eat cardboard? You have to eat them within the first hour. If you don't eat them in the first hour, then yes, they're not very well, good. And you need to dip them in all that coffee just to oh, make yeah. them. Oh, yeah. So I hate Duncan donuts, but if you've never had a hot Krispy Kreme, Oh, baby. So here's why we're talking about donuts. <laughs> if you fail to have a Part D supplement, you can fall into the donut hole. Oh, no. And unfortunately, that's not something you get at Krispy Kreme. The donut hole, if, you're, if you were seeing this visually, the donut hole is a place beyond your initial drug coverage before you get to the catastrophic drug coverage it's a place in the middle where there's a coverage gap and you have to 100% self-fund what is in that coverage gap. Why? Why so, did they do that? Uh, it's the government. It's the freaking government. Uh, you can't be stupid enough to build something this complex that no one can understand. But your congressman received a big lobbying check from some insurance company, somebody in the space, to get the structure of the law positioned in such a way that it was advantageous to the insurance company, and it created the donut hole. I think a donut company is behind it. It could be a donut company instead. I don't know. It's an <laughs> idea. Uh, we should give Krispy Kremes as a, as a, a, a benefit to people. Yeah, that's it. That's it. They should give a, wouldn't that be cool? So if you sign up for our Medicare, in addition to all the things we are required to provide you, we'll also provide you Krispy Kremes, a lifetime supply of Krispy Kremes. That would be a bad idea because say, then you're going to use your insurance <laughs> a lot <healthcare>. more. <laughs> so, yeah, that would be a really bad idea. So 
Anyway, what do you do about this Part D thing, the drug thing? Well, each Part D plan that's on the market has what's called a formulary. That's a very specific technical name, formulary, for a simple list of all the drugs that are provided under the plan. And so what we need to do is we need to compare the drugs you take to the drugs in the formularies of all the different Part D plans. And then we find the plan that provides the drugs that you take and that provides the drugs that you take at the most cost-effective way. And these change. These will change. Yeah. Yeah. So here you're on Part D and it's covered under your formulary Part D. And then either your drug changes and it's no longer covered or the formulary changes and no longer covers the drug. So what do we have to do? Well, every year, then we may have to switch to a different Part D plan. So the, the way you get to the bottom of this issue when you're first signing up for Medicare, though, is you send us a list of all your drugs that you take. And we'll screen that list against the various Part D plans to determine which plan covers the particular drugs that you are prescribed uh, for the least expensive cost. Now, let's wrap this up by talking about how you enroll for Medicare. If you're taking Social Security at or before age 65, enrollments in Part A and Part B is automatic. Uh, you just need to set up coverage for the Medigap. And if you reach age 65, but you're delaying taking Social Security until full retirement age or later, then you need to call Social Security uh, or visit your local Social Security office and say to them, I need to get registered for Medicare enrolled, but I'm not going to take my Social Security until later. So if you're taking Social Security at or before 65, you don't have to do anything. It's automatic. Now, once you are enrolled in Parts A and B, then you call our office at 417-882-1726, and you set an appointment, or either to come in or a phone appointment is fine. And during that time, we'll determine which Medicare product will best suit your needs. And while we're at it, we'll look at all the other coverages like vision and dental to be sure you get the healthcare coverage that you want and need in the most affordable way. Now, Patrice, you brought this up earlier. When should this all begin? Well, my recommendation is if you're within 90 days of turning age 65, you should meet with one of our Medicare specialists at WealthCare to start the ball rolling toward getting you set up for a Medicare supplement or a Medicare Advantage plan plus Part D and vision and dental coverage. Because there's a seven-month window of time with your birthday right in the center of that seven months when you have the ability to get signed up. And if you don't get signed up, then you have financial penalties if you fail to sign up. So what I want to invite you to do is call our office today at 417-882-1726 to set an appointment to discuss Medicare with one of our specialists. That's 417-882-1726. Or you can visit our website by going to savingyoutaxes.com. And there you'll find other ways that you can reach out and connect with us. I hope this has been helpful for you. If it has, please share this episode with your friends by texting them a link or sending them a link via email or even sharing this podcast episode on Facebook or Twitter or whatever your favorite social media channel happens to be so that the people you care about can get the information they need to help them start thinking clearly about the decisions that they need to make about Medicare. And of course, we're always here to help, help you sort through the issues and figure out which Medicare coverage options are best for your personal situation. All you've got to do is reach out. 
And you can do that by calling us at 417-882-1726. Anywhere you live in the United States, calling 417-882-1726 will get you to my office and one of our Medicare specialists will help you make the decisions you need to make to establish or improve your Medicare Medigap coverage. Well, that's it for this edition of The Truth About Taxes and Retirement brought to you by the Wealthcare Corporation found on the web at savingyoutaxes.com. On behalf of Patrice Sikora, I'm your host, Barry Watts, wishing you a great day. Thank you for listening to The Truth About Taxes and Retirement Podcast. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guests and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of SavingYouTaxes.com. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only and is not intended to be a substitute for professional tax and investment advice. Always seek the advice of your own qualified advisor with any questions you may have regarding taxes and investing.